Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode five of Brave X Empower, a podcast that discusses gender inequality and bullying in STEM. I'm your host, Michaela Pellerin. Today we have another guest speaker joining us, Kelsey. Hello. Hi, thank you for having me. We are so happy to have you. You are Miss Southern Maine 2022. Yes. And we actually met very recently. Do you want to tell everyone how we met? Yeah. So at the Miss Southern Maine pageant, you were one of the judges and definitely I'm so happy that I met you. You're such an amazing person. Oh, I can say the same to you. I was absolutely amazed by all that you've done so far. And, you know, I think you are very deserving of the title that you earned. And it was great to meet you as a contestant. Um, Being on the judges panel, that was a really great experience. But I was absolutely amazed by you. Do you (laughs) want to tell our listeners just a little introduction about yourself? Yeah, for sure. My name is Kelsey Sewell. I am, again, your Miss Southern Maine 2022. I am from Holton, Maine, which is a very, very small town in northern, northern Maine. If you've ever heard of Interstate 95, we are the last stop northbound, if that tells you anything. Wow. Yeah. It's good to travel pretty far to get to southern Maine, it sounds like. Oh, goodness, yeah. To get to Portland, it's a four-hour drive. Wow. Yeah, but I really wanted to work with Miss Paige, and I love all that she does and just had to join her pageant system. Yes, and went right to the top, it looks like. (laughs) (laughs) So would you like to talk about your pageant platform? I think that's something that'd be great to start out with. Yeah, so Our national platform is The Crown Cares, which is creating a respectful environment in society. And I've been able to mix that with my personal platform of eating disorder awareness by creating a respectful environment in schools and society for people with eating disorders. So whether that's bringing awareness to educating or advocating for people who are struggling. That's a really important topic. I'm really happy that that's something that means a lot to you. Yeah. Is that something you've had personal experiences with, if you're comfortable sharing? Oh, goodness, yes. I (laughs) have been struggling with an eating disorder since probably I was 15 or 16. Looking back, of course, you can always see earlier, like, oh, it could have started here. It could have started here. It could have started here. But that's when it really picked up in its intensity and I've been in recovery for about oh shoot it's been about three years now and it was best choices I've made really for sure like the quality of life difference is just astounding wow that's amazing that's really good to know yeah so would you be able to describe eating disorders for you know our younger listeners who might not have a clear definition on that yeah absolutely So an eating disorder is really anything that's outside of the norm of eating. It has so broadened in the last even 10 years. It's not just avoiding certain foods or restricting to a certain number of calories. It can also be 
binge eating, which is eating a lot of food at once and being very secretive about it. And sometimes you do things to get rid of that food that's very unhealthy and very damaging. But it can also be things such as eating items that are not food or just having an overly quote unquote healthy food like a diet like people who are very too into diet culture and over exercising it really can span and show its head in a lot of different scenarios yeah that's great that you mentioned those other options because I know it's a common stereotype just to assume that eating disorders are when people starve themselves and are super skinny And the goal is to get skinny because for some people, the goal isn't even to be thin or Mm. the ideal body type. Sometimes, you know, there are other things going on in their brain because it's just as much a mental health issue as it is a physical issue. Exactly. And I think it's kind of cool that I was in residential treatment about a year ago. Wow. This month would have been a year. Wow. And the people that I was in there with don't fit that. Hollywood stereotype there might have been one or two people in there that looked quote-unquote anorexic but a lot of other people were there for various different reasons it doesn't just have to be again starving yourself and making yourself look tiny there were some people who just didn't like how they were living there were people who were just letting their mental illness take a hold of their life. It's not always weight focused, looks focused. Like there's a lot of different people from a lot of different walks of life. It's not just the straight white rich woman who gets it. It's anyone, everyone. And any gender, any Mm. age, it's just something that can happen. And I think a lot of people do assume that it is women, but it's important to realize that it really can be anyone, just like you were saying. Oh, for sure. There's one in three sufferers with eating disorders are male. Yeah. Oh, that's a really good statistic to bring up. It's insane. And even in the treatment center I was in, it was a female only facility. There are some that are out there that have female and male, but even in America still, we don't have any male only treatment facilities because it's still so stigmatized that it's a women's quote unquote illness. So because of all these stigmas and lack of education regarding this, what are you doing or hope to do? Because your title's still pretty new. What are you hoping to do to combat all of these national issues? Something that I really want to do within my reign as Miss Southern Maine is talk to medical professionals about how to properly treat and care for their patients with eating disorders. I do have a lot of involvement in healthcare. I've been studying it since I was probably 15 years old. Wow. I was a CNA. I started out as a CNA. I was 17. I got pinned on my 17th birthday. I just had to throw that fun fact in there. <laughs> but I've been able to learn the medical language and be able to speak it somewhat fluently, emphasis on yeah. somewhat. But I know how to tell doctors and nurses what they are and are not doing correct. Like for example, When I go into the doctor's office, I like to step on the scale backwards so I don't see my number, but there are still some nurses and medical assistants who will read that number out loud. And it's like, 
there's a reason I stepped on backwards, guys. So it's bringing just a bit more education into the little things as well as the big things like anorexia and bulimia are not the only two eating disorders. There are many, 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 many more that people just don't know about. Yeah, that's actually a really great example that you brought up. As an aspiring pediatrician myself and someone, you know, who's hoping to work in medicine and who's already doing work in medicine, I actually am working on a kind of secret project right now that's hopefully coming out soon regarding that exact issue about um, doctor's offices and having their patients know their weight, unless it's for like an absolute reason that the patient needs to know. Um, you know, you'll go in for a flu shot and they'll weigh you. You'll go in for things unrelated. Or, you know, I would just go in a few times for like earaches and different stuff. And every time they just weigh you, they take mm-hmm. your height. And that's just not stuff that we need to be bringing up unless it's an issue. Yeah. And that's why I'm glad that we live in the age that we do now. Because even though it's still slowly in the makings, there are lots of doctor's offices that are starting to implement the health of every size. Yeah, I don't know what to call it, whether it's like a policy or whatever, but there's a lot of doctor's offices that still weigh patients, but there are like a handful that implement that we don't need to prescribe weight loss to patients for them if they have like an earache. We don't have to weigh them every time they come into the office. We don't have to talk about a child's diet like a four-year-old shouldn't have to be concerned about diet yeah and that's a good point to bring up and so I can't wait to share with everyone on my pageant Instagram what I'm hoping to do with that in the coming months I'm so excited Um, to hear about it oh my goodness I cannot wait to share with you and everyone else I hope it's something that will be beneficial and that will spread to other parts of you know the United States Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, But just to piggyback on all that we were just discussing, I think it's important to bring up that height and weight correlate in terms of healthiness as well. Because Mm -hmm. being a high school girl, I'm a junior in high school. It's something that my friends don't seem to realize that height and weight kind of align. Right. I don't know. Do you want to touch on that a little? Yeah, for sure. And like normalcy with that. Yeah. So what may look like on one person is not going to look like on the other person. Like, yeah, if you have people of all different skin pigmentations and you have them wear yellow, it's going to look amazing on some, but it's going to look a little off on others. It's kind of that same way when it comes to your BMI, your body mass index, which is like a calculation of the fat on your body based on your height and your weight. Now, this is a very, very, very messed up calculation. It was made by white male adults for white male adults, but it's still practiced and used for everyone, people of color, women, children, which it was never intended to be, but still is. And it's not at all a relation of health because there are lots of people like someone I was in residential with 
Yeah. As her BMI dropped, she was getting more and more praised, but she was doing some very unhealthy things to get there. See, what might look like health to somebody could be healthy, harmful habits to another. Like there's some people who might be thinner than everyone else and they're trying so hard to gain weight and they can't. And that's okay. Because both ends of the spectrum, you can be so healthy at any size that you're at, any BMI that you're at. What matters is the lifestyle you live, not the number on the scale, not the number on the measuring tape, not your BMI or anything like that. Absolutely. I'm so happy you touched on that in such a great way. I hope any of my friends or just anyone struggling with this who's listening can have a better understanding now that you went into more depth about it. Yes. I think that's a great thing to bring up. Um, Kind of leading into that, I'd like to touch on bullying now. I think that can absolutely correlate with what we're just discussing. So if you're comfortable, do you have any experience with bullying that you'd like to share? I have so much. Oh my goodness. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Oh. Cause I'm, I'm good now. I'm good now. I've been yeah, to we're therapy. Using, we're using it to empower. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Like you can't, you can't drive a car if you don't take driver's ed, you know? Very like, true. Yeah. <laughs> so I was always kind of the weird kid. Like I never really had a filter growing up I would say whatever was on my mind and it it made a lot of people look at me sideways a lot of the time yeah but as I grew up I learned to kind of filter myself a little bit more and a little bit more as the years went on and then of course when middle school hits don't we love middle school no people people started like really honing in on reasons why they don't like you yeah and it's messed up like for example in sixth grade I wore something that I loved I thought I looked amazing I had my hair done that I did all by myself I spent the night before learning how to do it I was so excited and then I get to school and my hair all done and one of the girls says I thought wacky hair day was next week and I couldn't bring myself to do my ha- my own hair until maybe like ninth grade, just out of that fear of like what they said that that didn't look good. Like I was wearing an outfit that I thought I loved and I had people that would make fun of me saying that that was the stupidest thing they had ever seen and they didn't want to talk to me or look at me or even oh want to be goodness. around me. Like That's kids pretty intense. Can be, kids can be cruel. Yeah. So that made me, yeah, that made me lose a lot of confidence and hurt how I looked on the outside, but on the inside, I was still, I was still okay. And then when we got to eighth grade, I saw a lot of exclusion pop up, whether that was people not letting me sit with them in the cafeteria, or when I would sit with them, they would get up and move, whether it would be my friend group hanging out without me after school it just left me feeling so isolated and alone that I ended up transferring schools. Oh my which, goodness. Which 14 year old me, it was good for to have that bit of a break. But now looking back, I wish that I would have 
stood up or had somebody advocating for me. Yeah. Which is what I, I hope to be to people who are experiencing bullying. Because yeah. like as many as 65% of people with eating disorders say that bullying contributed to their condition. So it's yep. so important to stop bullying at the start, whether that be like elementary school, whether that be going into middle school, or even in some high school situations, we see it really picking up. So I have a couple questions for you. Um, Would you consider yourself, or at least during middle school, would you consider yourself shy? I would a little bit, yeah. I think as I was starting to more and more realize that people didn't accept me and all my little quirks as I was, then I started to kind of become more and more reserved. And I stayed that way until about my second or third semester into college. And I was realizing that people don't really care as much as I thought they did. People just want to be around me. They don't care how I look. They don't care how quiet I am. They want to hear my jokes. I am valuable. I have a voice and I matter. Well, you absolutely do. And thank you. (laughs) I think that's great. You were able to realize that. I just only wish you could have realized that sooner. I know me too. Um, So I was going to ask, you shared some stories from middle school about your hair and your clothes being picked on for those. So would you say transferring was essentially how you combated the bullying? Oh, 100%. Yes. Okay. It was my way. I don't think that's necessarily our advice for everyone listening. Goodness, no. Don't do that. Don't do that. (laughs) So now what would you wish you would have done in those situations? I wish I would have talked to a guidance counselor or even my mom who was a teacher at that school. (laughs) If there was anything that we could have done. Because I know now looking back that there were so many people that I could have been going up to and asking to hang out with and they would have loved to yeah of course once you're in that mind state of I'm being bullied there is no hope then you really can't see how many people truly love you and care about your well-being and your overall happiness like just because a handful of people quote unquote don't like you doesn't mean that the entire world doesn't like there's so much hope out there And as long as you can ride solo through all of that, you can totally make it through all of the difficult things in life. Yeah, something we were just talking about at school with one of my teachers is the only person you have with you or whoever you spend the most time with is yourself and the voice in your head. And that's why it's important to be, you know, almost building that relationship with yourself to be saying kind things to yourself and being your own best advocate because you're the only one who's been through it you know with yourself you know you've been through every experience with the little voice in your head yes exactly 100 percent. and so making sure we're saying nice things to ourselves and others and standing up for ourselves and others when they need it is really important important and that kind of hit me a couple weeks ago as being something that's important when it was brought to my attention. Yes, it really is. Yeah. So did you experience any bullying in high school? Do you want to share some stories about that? In high school, I had kind of learned as a coping defensive mechanism to keep to myself and just be alone 
So a lot of the times I would just have my headphones in and do all my homework, which did get my grades better. But at the same time, I missed out on all of the high school experience. Yeah. I missed out on having friends and going to the movies and all of that kind of stuff. And again, looking back, I wish that I would have just realized, hey, Kelsey, you just need better friends instead of there's something wrong with you because there's not. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so sad that it seems like middle school kind of dulled your personality, your sparkle. It it really did. And it was yeah. sad. But ever since joining pageantry, I've been able to get that spark back. I'm yeah. not scared of talking to people and just being myself and joking around and just yes. laughing. Like that I'm is- I'm big goofball like yeah. oh my goodness <laughs> and I love it like at the Miss Other Southern people Maine, love that yeah, yeah. oh go Miss ahead Southern Maine, um rehearsal even like just knowing that all of these people care about me I would get up on the stage and as they were practicing walking patterns I would do like a little twirl and wink and blow some kisses out throw up some peace signs like just have fun which is what I wish I had always done yeah so I had never met Kelsey before her interview when I was her judge and so hearing her experience with bullying is kind of shocking to me because she just has so much positivity that she just radiates especially in person and especially on stage. And so I think it's great to talk about someone like Kelsey, who's, you know, she's a model and she is a dancer and does all these amazing things as a public figure in the community. But she also has these typical experiences going through middle and high school and experiencing bullying. And it sounds like she transferred schools and was pretty reserved. And so bringing that up is really important because everyone has a background and history throughout their life. And that's really important to know about the people we idolize, just like Chesley Christ. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think that her passing has made such a significant impact on the pageant community, realizing that these people that we hold up to such a high pedestal are still people. they go through the same things we do like they still walk and talk the same that we do they just have a bigger following than we do like they still struggle with sadness and anger but they also have these moments of happiness and bliss but they only show those moments of happiness on social media because that's sadly what most people want to see like I've noticed even with my own experience with working with people in PR management and just working on social media for pageantry one of the biggest rules they say is to always post happy yeah like it's almost like an unwritten rule that you don't post the bad things at all yeah whether that's absolutely yeah whether that's your personal social media your pageant social media like you always want people to feel good when they see your face but that's not always the case because we all have these bad days it's just a matter of how we get through them and how we get out of these bad days that's important like there was a pretty 
I think it was very risky to post. It was a picture of the day that I won Miss Southern Maine. Yes. And then less than 24 hours later, having a panic attack and sobbing in my room. Because I'm a person. I'm real. Even though I'm someone that people look up to, I'm still a person. I still have the same feelings that everybody does, which Chesley did as well. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up. And for our listeners, uh, make sure you stay tuned until the end of this episode because I'll have Kelsey plug her Instagram so you can check out the post that she's talking about. But she did a very nice write-up with it explaining how there's two sides to every picture, basically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just humanizing influencers like herself. Um, and it's really important to do because there are people with huge followings, like celebrities and top influencers who are experiencing cyberbullying in mass quantities. Yeah. And even horrid things like death threats or, Mm. you know, paparazzi who are going too far or things like that, that as people who don't have the same audience and platform as these top people do, we wouldn't know what it's like. And so just the fact that she was able to shine a light on that in her post was amazing. And I think it's something that everyone can use as a reminder to be kind towards everyone else. Thank you. Especially on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. People think that just because they're on the internet, they have this blanket of anonymity when in fact it's quite the opposite. Yeah. And everything can be tracked too Mm -hmm. by, you know, the police or, you know, FBI or not me. Yeah, it's kind of scary. But yeah, you know, if things get way too far, you know, it, everything just digital footprint everywhere you go mm-hmm. it's it's remembered which is why it's so important to not only be kind to other people online but to be kind to other people in person because yeah. just like your digital footprint your yep. human footprint will always be around the impact that you make on other people like that's always going to matter people remember the people who made them feel good as well as the people who made them feel bad yeah so like we were talking about my bullying in high school yep like I remember all of those people and all of the negative things they did to me but I also remember the people in school who would smile at me in the hallways and wave and ask me how I was doing because those people matter so much more than we give them credit for the people who truly understand that people are people. And I'm sure as you're speaking right now, you can picture the faces of the people who did smile and who did wave. Or if you were in a bullying situation where someone did stand up for you, I'm sure you remember them as well for helping out and having positive acts of kindness because that's almost just as impactful as negative things. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. But the negative does tend to stick with people. So I recently started volunteering at a nursing home. And even some of the older people, they'll recall moments that were pretty negative throughout their lifetimes. Mm. And it's interesting how you can be 80, 90 years old and bullying situations still stick with you, even if it was just one moment in time, two minutes long, you know, 
it was resolved many years ago, but it's something that does leave a footprint on you, as you were saying. Mm. That's why I've never fully believed in the forgive and forget saying, because you can absolutely forgive somebody with your entire heart, but you'll never truly be able to forget somebody, whether that's negative or positive, but especially negative. Like we hold a lot of those things that people say about us, whether it's like your teeth look weird or your hair looks weird. I'm just making up things, but those kinds of little, even the smallest of insults can make such a huge ripple effect on a person's life because you don't know what they're going through. You don't know what could be a potential trigger for something for them. Yeah. And that kind of goes right into eating disorders as well. You know, (laughs) if you're commenting on someone's appearance, specifically their weight, or, you know, maybe how big or small their legs are, it might not mean anything to you, the person who's saying it, but the person who you're you know, making a victim, that can stick with them. And that could be something they've heard many times before from other people. And that stuff adds up. You can forgive and try to forget and try to move on, but it's still going to be something that's in the back of your mind. And when it gets reminded like that, it's going to resurface and those feelings are going to come back and be even worse, no matter how much we try to forgive or how much we try to forget, you know, these things can stem into much bigger issues like eating disorders and, Mm. you know, suicidal thoughts and actions or any other things regarding medicine and mental health. Yeah, absolutely. Like when I got home from residential treatment, one of my friends said, you know, weight looks really good on you. And that comment rocked my world. Whoa. It was like, how could you be so insensitive? How could you be so rude? And I told her how much it hurt me. And she explained that she really didn't mean it. Her, her intentions were positive. She really only meant to say how better I looked not being so sick. Which of course oh now, like I can acknowledge like, okay, she yeah. had good intentions. I forgive yeah. her. But at the end of the day, that comment is always going to stick with me. Like you look in the mirror and I don't look like I looked when I was your age. I look very different because that's normal and it's natural. And it's healthy for you. It is. Are you someone that works out at all? Yes and no. (laughs) It depends more on the weather. Like in the winters, I just want to stay warm in my bed with all of my blankets and all of my stuffed animals and my pillows. But when it's summertime, I love to get out and run around town and swim. But yeah, the winter, I, well, the winter I do snowshoe, but. Hey, that's that's hard to do. It's hard. That is, it's so heavy. I don't. Okay. So we have listeners that are not even in New England, let alone in the U.S., so some people who are listening have never even seen snow. Can we just talk about that? That's crazy. Because like, I'm literally looking out my window right now and I'm watching people drive down the road oh my with goodness. their snowmobiles. Like, <laughs> it just so baffles funny. my mind that people don't 
yeah. have the same experience. It is so funny because I've grown up in the same small town in southern Maine in the mm-hmm. same house my entire life in the same bedroom. And so I'm just looking out my window right now. My whole front yard is covered in snow. It's getting a little muddy now because mm-hmm. it was a little bit warmer today, but we just had a yeah. snowstorm like four, five days ago. Yeah. And even today when I left work, it was like Hallmark Christmas movie snowing outside. Yeah. Like it was pretty, it was cold, but it was pretty. Yeah. It's so beautiful when the pine trees we have here are covered in snow. Can we just talk yeah. about how pretty that is? Oh my gosh. Along our snowshoe trails, we have one like, of those pine tree forests where everything is lined up so perfectly Uh don't quite know how to describe it but when the snow hits it just right and the glimmer of the sun reflects off of the snow it just lightens the entire forest that's amazing I definitely want to see that you should post a video of that yes I will definitely have to it's gorgeous something I'm trying to do as a title holder competing for a national team title is to show where I'm from because living in Maine in a small town has been a super part of you know how I've grown up and who I am today and it's contributed to me in so many ways and you know I know a lot of people in my town I've known a lot of my classmates since I was four years old yeah and even my school is small you know we only have one high school in our entire town versus if you go even into Portland they have a bunch of high schools oh yeah it seems like there's one per like mile (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) that's a good way to word it (laughs) um but yeah it's something I absolutely want to make sure I'm representing when I go down there to Arkansas um because I am going to be wearing Maine across my chest as competing for such a large title and it's something I am so 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 beyond proud of and honored to have this opportunity And you are an amazing representative of what Maine truly is. It's not such a negative, awful, cold environment. There's lots of light and warmth and positivity here. In the summer, it's actually really warm. (laughs) Honestly. Also, people don't know that. I honestly like Maine summer more than I do like Florida summer. That's my hot take for today. Florida was... It was hard to breathe when I was there because of the humidity. Mm -hmm. That's something we rarely have here. Yeah, in my entire life, I've seen 90 degree weather like maybe three times. Mm. Like it's we've had it more in southern Maine. Probably. Probably. (laughs) I'm not too, too far from New Hampshire, so. Oh, goodness. I'm like a two minute walk from Canada. That's so funny. Hey, you got any good maple syrup? Honestly, no. No, do you not like it? I do. I just, I like more of the synthetic kind of Aunt Jemima maple syrup. We do have lots of natural stuff here, but I like, I like the store-bought stuff better. No, hey, that used to be me. And up until a couple of years ago, my neighbor, actually, I can almost see their house from here. They're tapping their trees in their front yard right now for maple syrup. What? 
And so it's really cool. I've grown up seeing that my entire life. And if that isn't know. the most main thing you've heard today, then yeah. my goodness, I don't know what is. <laughs> and it's something that I would love to talk about, you know, maybe in my pageant interview if it comes up. Yes. Like, oh my goodness, my neighbor is tapping your trees for maple syrup. <laughs> and my other neighbor has this entire field of like crops and like, you know, all this cool stuff that you don't get in other places in the U.S. I feel like a lot yeah. of places are cities also. Mm, for sure. And, you know, I have a, a, I won't say how many, but I have a lot of acres of land that I live in. And that's mm. just something people don't even have because they live in apartment buildings or have back-to-back tight neighborhood houses. Yeah. It's like, well, I have my own woods and a four-wheeling trail and yeah. a garden and a pool and you know, all this stuff. And it's like, wow, it's crazy to think that other people just have a different life than that. Oh yeah. When I did my couple of months in residential, it was right in Cambridge, Massachusetts, like in Harvard Square, pretty bustling part of the city. Absolutely. It's such a culture shock because we're right next to a dairy farm. We have a huge forest all around our house. Like our closest hospital even is like 10 minutes away like there's and for a small town that's pretty far but it's so much more secluded than you think of when you're living in the secluded area yeah like going into the city you're realizing like oh my gosh I don't know a single person here like I would look into all the windows and say like, I don't know who that is, but every house that I pass on my way home from work, I'm like, oh, there's Joe plowing the yard again. I hope his kids are doing well. And like (laughs) all the way down the street. That's so true. Yeah, (laughs) that is so true. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So just to steer back to what we were talking about before, we talked about bullying being a pretty big issue especially in middle school and high school yeah and so although people still have to go to school we can't really eliminate that what would you like to see schools doing to you know take preventative measures to eliminate bullying like what would you like to see be done honestly I think that some of it starts with the teachers and the school administration Because a lot of the times teachers will observe the situations and just do what they're told by the rule books. After teaching dance for like almost six years now, wow. Wow. It's realizing that these are people too. Yeah. And that they're kids. They're not just people, they're kids. So these kinds of things are going to make such a heavy impact on their life that we need to step in in a larger capacity than when I was in school yeah administration creating awareness events or advocating for anti-bullying and really being a part of the solution rather than just writing them up and hoping that that little slap on the wrist will be enough to maybe even save a life like really just teaching the teachers and the administration how dire of a situation this is That's a great point to bring up. And so I think even simple things like having hallway monitors 
as adults or even I bet college students or high school students would even volunteer to do that for service hours I'm sure there would be people willing to actually do this oh absolutely the teachers didn't want to just because everyone can think back to middle school and high school about an experience with bullying and I think that's enough to make people want to resolve this issue for everyone in the future yeah and it's like so much of it yeah or at least lessen it yeah and so much of it can be avoided with just one person like one cafeteria monitor one hallway monitor one teacher one principal one guidance counselor can make such a difference in somebody's life yeah and so I think making sure schools have an adult figure that's patient and going to follow through with situations to make sure each student feels safe and that these bullying situations are getting resolved is really important. Yes. Because I think just like you were saying earlier, giving a slap on the wrist, sending people to detention, things like that, that's not the way to handle things. I think patience and calmness and thoroughly going through to explain what they've done and what needs Mm. to happen in the future to not only make up for this but to prevent it is a lot more impactful than sending kids to a room for an hour after school oh absolutely you know quote unquote think about what they've done when in reality they're most likely not at that age yeah like if you put a kid in timeout you usually sit them down and say you're going in a timeout for x amount of minutes this is what happened this is why you're here. Like, oh, sorry, my dad just walked in. Bye, dad. No worries. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but that's something that's really great to bring up. Um, I think that's a great idea that schools should be implementing. And hopefully, you know, maybe there is an administrator or someone who's creating rules in school who's listening to this and can help advocate for this issue wherever they're located yes text me i'd love to talk to you got lots of ideas <laughs> <laughs> yes we have we have lots of ideas um yes and we have the platform to make the change too which is you know why i started pageantry to take my community service and level of impact to the next level and i've been astonished with even my social media audience growing i have almost 600 followers within like wow. less than three months oh my gosh um and so I was just blown away by that happening um just starting from scratch starting from zero followers on my personal pageant account it was very intimidating at first but it's been beyond amazing and all the support I've been getting from everyone and interaction has been amazing and it's people you know who are either interested in pageants or interested in helping the community so it's all really genuine people who I share common interests with which I absolutely love and that's amazing you totally deserve that oh thank you you do as well I'm so excited to see what you'll continue to do on social media thank you um with that being said we are about at our time limit so Um, Is there anything else you'd like to bring up that we didn't get a chance to touch on? You can have as much time as you need. I just want to make sure you got to talk about everything you wanted to. Yeah. Um, Just know that you are worthy. You are enough. 
You're loved and appreciated for who you are, and you don't need to change for anybody. Oh, yeah, that's about that it. That is a great note to end on. I'm so happy you dropped that little bit of wisdom in, and I think you're very solicited to be giving that advice as well. well um, thank you. Yeah. So, would you like to plug your Instagram? Yeah, for sure. Let me. <laughs> I'm going to look at it just to triple check that I don't have it wrong. All right. Oh my gosh, of it course. <laughs> <laughs> my pageant one is Miss underscore Southern underscore Maine. And then my personal social media is Kelsey, that's K-E-L-S-E-Y dot Ann Sewell. Perfect. Make sure you go check out her Instagram content. I'm sure she'll have a bunch more coming out very soon. Yes, so I would love to see each and every one of you. Yes, be sure to give her a follow. And if you would like to check out Brave X Empower on Instagram, it's at Brave X Empower. So be sure to go on there as well. Thank you so much to everyone for listening to the fifth episode of the podcast. And as always, you can go on Apple, Spotify, and now Google Podcasts to listen. So I hope you all tune in again in the future.